Welcome back to Ratchet and Wrench Radio, strategies and inspiration for auto care success. I'm your host, Chris Jones, and today I'm joined by Daniel Wizian of Tech One Automotive. You may recall Daniel from our March issue where he was featured as our shop view. Daniel's Austin, Texas shop has a staff of 18, uh, a square footage of 11,000 across three buildings, 15 bays, a monthly car count of 675, and an annual revenue of $4.1 million. Uh, one of the cool things that I learned about Daniel in our initial interview that is that one of the buildings that he occupies today was once owned by Tesla. So kind of a little fun fact there. But uh, Daniel and I are going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about just his shop, how he got started, uh, what he's doing in his shop these days, and what the plans are for the future of Tech One Automotive. Uh, he's got some grand plans for the future. and I think you're going to enjoy hearing the direction he's taking his shop. So here's Daniel. Well, hey, Daniel, welcome to Ratchet & Wrench Radio. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate being here. Yeah, great to have you on. So, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background as a shop owner and the shop that you own. Okay. Uh, background as a shop owner. I started off as a technician in 1983, straight out of high school. Uh, I knew I wanted to have a shop eventually. I opened my shop in 1999 as a one-man show in a two-bay oversized garage. And we have recently expanded to about 15 bays. So we're constantly trying to grow and, uh, you know, improve our efficiencies and just uh, be, become a really good workplace for our employees and uh, make a future for our employees and our families. Now that's really cool. I mean, so you started off with two bays, like what, like was the vision always to be sort of a big shop or like how did that, what was the evolution of that? Like going from two bays to what you have now, 15 bays across several buildings. So my plan was to definitely have a bigger shop. Uh, you know, I was thinking maybe four or five techs and a seven or eight bay shop eventually. We lost our lease on the two bay shop and moved across the street to a five bay shop. Uh, had about, I think I had two technicians for several years. And then we expanded in 2021. Uh, we, rented, we were able to rent the next two buildings next to us. We started marketing really heavily at that point, filled them up. Uh, we, we finally got it complete. You know, the expansion was complete about a year ago with about the the amount of technicians that we can handle there for now and things have been going really well all right one of the cool things about you know your shop was that you know one of the buildings was previously owned by tesla talk about that a little bit what was that like like yeah so tesla had uh, the shop in between, uh, well, there's two, three buildings in a row there. We have, we had the one, the smallest building and Tesla had, uh, two buildings. They moved in and it was like they, had they outgrew it the first, within a couple of months, they were just over, overloading the parking lots. We were able we were doing all their state inspections back then. They, they were there for just a couple of years and they purchased a bigger place down the road. Another shop came in, a European shop came in to take their place. And they were there for just uh, probably three or four years and decided it wasn't going to work for them. So we uh, we talked at that point. That's when we decided to 
uh, takeover. We were in growth mode, learning a whole lot about running a business. So we decided we could probably make it work. And uh, so that's, that's how that happened. Uh, it's such an interesting story. Uh, I, I love that story. It's so cool. Like just the fact that, you know, you know, Tesla comes across to come to Austin, you know, and then you guys end up in one of their, one of their places, kind of a cool tie to the automaker there. Do, do you guys work on any electrics now these days? We work on quite a few hybrids, every, every make and model of hybrid. We've had a couple of electrics. We haven't gotten into them too much. We've, we've worked on a couple of Teslas, but not too many yet. We will be getting more and more into them. Uh, when the time comes, probably within the next couple of years, I'll send send my hybrid guys to more training for the all electric vehicles. Okay. Now, of course, you know when you talked to us before, you know you talked about you know you're in eleven thousand square feet, three buildings, fifteen bays, a shop staff of eighteen. Walk us through kind of like how how you guys are utilizing your space. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. Our main building that we've, we've had for years, we uh, have four service advisors there. All of the customers come into the main building and that's where my lube techs are at. I've got a couple of lube techs there and one master tech and then a B tech. So it all, it all comes to the main building. We have our dispatch board in the main building. And then the, the middle building, we have two technicians. We have uh, three lifts and alignment rack. The alignment rack is for everyone to use. And then the third building, it's a little bit bigger building. We've got a total of uh, four technicians down there. We do a lot of heavy line down at that building. It's a little bit larger. So that's where our, most of our engines and transmissions replacements are done. So everyone has to come to the main building to, you know, for dispatch purposes. Uh, we have a shop foreman that does most of the dispatching it was it was definitely complicated when we got when we first got started uh trying to trying to be efficient between three buildings but we've got it down to a pretty good system now that uh, it every each building is self-sustained they all have their own equipment uh fluids and you know waste oil tanks and everything else so they, they, they can all run on their own. Uh, the biggest thing is that the technicians at the third building have to do a little bit more walking to get down to the, the first building, but they're all used to it now and everyone's doing pretty well. Okay. So, you know, we, we talk a lot about, uh, you know, technician shortages and just challenges with finding technicians. You've got 18 of them. How, how have you been able to you know, find and maintain technicians for your shop? Yeah, so right now we have uh, seven technicians, two lube techs, and a shop foreman. I'm constantly keeping and you know keeping my fillers out and recruiting. Right now we're you know I've I've got a couple of guys on in the pipeline that that are about ready to come over. Once we make a little more space for them, uh, but the main thing I guess. The guys that I hired that are, are the, the people that I hired that are really good, we seem to hang on to them. They don't, they don't usually quit. We try to keep a, a pretty good culture and, you know, all the best benefits. The, that's what we advertise with. And that's what makes our, our phone ring and uh, get, get them in for the first interview. 
the guys that don't work out as far as, you know, if we get a, a, a technician, we, we can usually tell within a, a week or two if they're, they're either not going to fit our culture or their skills aren't quite what they were supposed to be. They usually, we usually go through that. We'll get rid of those guys pretty quick and uh, get, just hire the right people. And so as, as far as recruitment, how, like, how are you, you know, finding technicians? Are you like, you know, are you recruiting in terms of like just meeting them at various places, like, you know, for this events or networking or with the word of mouth, like, how are you finding people to keep in the pipeline? Yeah, mostly Indeed. I do the resume fishing on Indeed uh, several times a week, you know, probably two or three days a week. I, I do recruiting and uh, send out emails that we're interested and just try to make contact with them and you know get get them to uh, do a phone call interview even if we're not hiring but just to have them in this in system for future use or future callbacks that's so that's how we usually get them just to have several names they're not always ready to come and we're not always, always ready to hire them but indeed it's the biggest deal uh every once in a while I'll, I'll throw an ad on craigslist just for the fun of it and uh i still get a little i still get a few calls from craigslist so those are my two main options. Uh, now that we've grown, we do have technicians that know other technicians and service advisors that have technicians. That's been pretty good uh, this past year in, in adding to our technicians. Okay. And you talked about like just the, the culture match. What sort of what sort of culture have you developed in the shop and what, what does the technician have to do to be you know fitted within that culture that you've built? The main thing is they have to get along with everyone as best possible. We don't like any drama. If somebody starts talking negative, we usually hear about it. We'll, we'll go ahead and call them in for a meeting and uh, let them know that this is not allowed here, no matter how good you are. This, it, we've had a couple of guys that it actually they're just not used to that kind of thing. Uh, they may come from a place where a dealership or some other place where drama is just the norm. So when we uh, discuss what we expect out of them, they, they actually change. Sometimes it's about 50, 50. Uh, sometimes they do not change and we have to terminate them and move on to the next person. But that's usually pretty quick. We can usually tell within, uh, like I said, a couple of weeks, if they're really good, we, we do try to give them the opportunity to, uh, to change. And sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Okay. And, you know, you talked about like how people, when they come and they fit the culture, they want to stay with you. Uh, what, and you talked about the benefits, like what are, what are some ways that you're keeping them in terms of like, you know, maybe what, what's the benefits look like? What are some of the perks? Like what are some ways that you're finding that works for you in terms of keeping people, you know, on the payroll? Yeah. So we do, we, we try to really stay ahead of, or at least have some of the best benefits that independent shops have or, and, and beat the dealerships. Uh, we do one week or five days uh, pay time off after 90 days, uh, 10 days after a year, and 15 days after five years. We do have a 4% matching 401k. A, we have healthcare that uh, we cover 50% of the employee. What else? We, you know, pay all paid holidays, including the Friday after Thanksgiving. 
And we, we put all this in our ads when we're looking for someone and it, it seems to get their attention. Uh, the, the, the reason the technicians and the employees have got advisors uh, that have been there for a while, they, the reason they stay, I think, is a combination of our benefits and our culture and the fact that, uh, that we do what we're say we do what we say we're going to do. So if, if they, uh, if, if we need to make changes, whether it's equipment or remodeling or anything else, uh, if I say we're going to do it, uh, I try to stand behind it and make it happen pretty quick. So we like the, all of our ATEX have been there for several years and uh, same thing with the BTEX. They, uh, since we've expanded, we haven't had anybody leave in the last, I guess, three years. Um, and I've got, I've got two technicians that have been there for 16 and 17 years. Uh, another one, five or six years. And then the rest of them have come along since we uh, have done our expansion. Okay. And so you talk about an expansion. Um, when was the, the expansion and how much, you know, how much did you add? Oh, the expansion was when I went from one building to three. That was, uh, oh, 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 yeah, that's what I was talking about. Gotcha. Okay. Now, right, so talk about the training aspect. You know, you mentioned, you know, earlier about training techs with, you know, more EV stuff, but in terms of general training, how often are you sending your, your techs out to train? You know, they, we have a couple of the vendors here. They do training. There's probably training monthly and several of them go to them monthly, uh, the local training. And then we do also have, uh, training on online training that I pay for that they're all signed up for. So they, they do a couple of modules per month on that. And that, that's really it. Uh, when I need specialized training, I will be sending them wherever they need to go to get the uh, EV training. But as far as normal training, it's mostly done online and at local sources around here. Okay. And how about your advisors? Do you, do you train, do you have the advisors go out to train as well or are they trained in house? No, they're definitely trained out of house and in house too. But, uh, yeah, we, they go through uh, advisor training through shop fix. Most of them have been through that. I've got a newer guy that I need to send through there still. But uh, that, yeah, training for my advisors is very important. So what, what, what would you say are some of the benefits of just having your advisors train? You, know, you just mentioned that it's very important. And I know that some shops, you know, send their advisors out. Some of them where they, they'll train in-house. But, you, you know, you found success in training out of house. Like, why would you... I mean, why would you prefer that? You know, part, I think part of it is uh, consistency between all of them. They all, we, we're all on the same page. We can compare notes to, you know, of what we've learned in class and the other guys have already been through it. So I would say that's the biggest thing. And we do have training that, you know, my, my lead advisor does, uh, training about once a month on Saturdays with the other advisors just to try to get them up to be the best that they can be. And, you know, last we talked, you know, you mentioned you had an, you know, an average car count of 675. You have an annual revenue of 4.1 million. Um, talk about the marketing, because you mentioned earlier about marketing heavily, you know, to hit these numbers, you have to be you know out there doing something right. So what, what are you doing in terms of marketing uh, to your, to your um, audience? To your you know, we, we mailers, we do a lot of mailers, uh, with discounts to get them in just to get the customer in the first time. That's how we grew from doing 300 cars a month to doing, now we're doing about 700 a month. And 
we did that by uh, increasing our AdWords, Google AdWords, and Miller's. Those are the main things. And then, of course, retention marketing. We uh, do a lot with retention marketing through my shop manager. But we, we increased our budget back when we needed to grow. We went from probably 7500 a month to 21000 a month uh, for our marketing budget. And it really shot us up there pretty quick. And we're actually at the point now where we're uh, we're going to go into maintenance mode on marketing just to keep us where we're at. That's a that's a significant increase in marketing dollar. Twenty one thousand. And we, you know, since we've done that, we've been growing by about a million a year. So our go, we're going to hit a little over five million this year, and I'll probably need to increase marketing again next year to get to the next you know level that we want to hit. Um, and I'll, I'll be adding a couple of, uh, at least one more A-level a technician to help us get there as well. So what was the decision behind increasing marketing? Like, I understand the idea that, you know, marketing budget should always be, you know, significant in terms of, you know, your operations. And I think that some people tend to pull back on marketing first. If things go wrong or things get slower tight, they, you know, people tighten the belt on marketing, but it seems like you're very much a believer in it. Like talk about like the decision to continue to increase marketing and, you know, yeah, like you said, the benefits of doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So as I knew we were going to need more work, I, I talked to my marketing guys, my website, you know, developers, and I just told them that I, I would, I really want to dominate the market around here. There's several shops in our area. So they, they came up with plans on how to do it. And I have, I've kind of steadied off on my spending. It has stayed the same for about the past year. I've never let up on marketing, no matter how busy we are, I keep it going. I don't slow down. I don't cut my budget. There's been a couple of times where I'm thinking, man, we are, we're just blown out here. I should go ahead and slow down on it. And I've actually called my guys and said, let's cut back on the, uh, you know, the, the Google AdWords this month. And then five minutes later, I call them back and say, never mind, leave it just like it is. We're, <laughs> it's, I don't want to, I don't want to disrupt anything. We're doing great. And, uh, so we just continue to be blown out and market heavily and we'll probably continue to do that. No, I think, I, mean, I think it's very smart. It's like when you think about companies who who have, you know, tons of money, like you think about the Nikes, or like these big box companies who just continue to market to people, despite the fact they've got lots, right? But it's just that that constant being in front of people, being in front of the customer. Uh, it's, it's, it's such an important thing. And I think, you know, it's cool that you, you know, you don't shy away from that, or you don't scale back from that, but you constantly want to be in front of the customer. Yes, that's right. And, you know, it, whatever they're doing, my marketing guy, they're really doing a good job and it, it's working. Yeah. And so how, how do you, how do you measure the success of your marketing campaigns? Are you able to track the mailers? Are you able to, to get, you know, reports on the AdWords? Like how are, how are those working in terms of like data and reporting so that you understand how your marketing dollars are affecting the shop? Yes. I, so I go over, I have a meeting with our, our marketing team monthly and we go over all the metrics and, and you know, what, what's, what is working and what's not, uh, you know, our, what our average ad spend is bringing us mailers. Uh, they're all tied together as well. Uh, so we do that. They, they take care of that and they go over the numbers with me. I hired this team to do it just to, because that's their expertise. And uh, 
but we we talk about things we we our last meeting we uh set up our next year's the whole marketing uh, calendar for next year from january through december so that's all kind of on autopilot now we'll make a few changes you know during the seasons but pretty much it's set on autopilot and ready to go Okay. Now, I like that you mentioned that, like the, the idea that, you know, you've got someone handling it, someone's taking care of that, you've got to kind of put together a plan. You know, how important is it for a shop owner just to outsource the things that maybe they don't do the best at, you know, like marketing or some other function that they're not skilled at, um, but to turn that over to someone else so you can focus on things that really matter in the shop? Oh, I think it's very important. Uh, that's one thing I've always done. I heard, you know, I have a payroll company that started day one when I, when I had my first employee, I didn't want to miss any, you know, miss any payments or anything. Uh, I, my, my specialty is, you know, running the business now and, uh, and trying, you know, growing, growing, I, I don't want to have to worry about, there's so many things that go into marketing. I don't want to have to put it all together and, and fine tune it. I'd rather somebody that knows how to do it, do it. Uh, so anything that I don't know how to do, you know, bookkeeping, accounting, I, I don't do any of that. I outsource all of it and uh, that's what I'll keep to. All right. And as a shop owner, what would you say are some of the things or some of the habits that you have that have made you successful in what you do? The number one thing was uh, getting coaching. I would say if I would have done it many years ago, I, I, I would have, who knows where I would be now, but uh, I didn't get coaching for the first 16 years of business. Uh, once I did that, things started turning around. So that, you know, for the guys that don't think they need coaching, everybody needs coaching. That's number one. All right. And, uh, you know, in terms of like, you know, your, your goals for the shop, you know, what, what would you say are like your, your three to five year plans for where you want to take tech one? Yes. So I would like to, we just opened another location September 1st. It's a, we're not changing the name. We're keeping it because it's very close to tech one. It's half a mile away. And they used to be a really huge shop and they've you know, gotten a little smaller. So I've, I've knew the owner and I made an offer, took that over. So my, my goals for tech one in the next three to five years, is to just continue these two, get these two places running at 100% efficiency and open another, you know, store to whenever they come up, I'll, I want to be ready to uh, add more stores. I, I would like to do, you know, five or 10 total. Uh, you know, I, I'm almost 59, but I feel like I'm just getting started. I'm really having fun in the business right now. I'm not ready to let it go. I've got, my son works for me and he'll eventually take over. I'm not in the day-to-day -day operations. I'm just in the, uh, my, my main job is to, uh, see the business grow and, you know, keep a watch over our P and L statement and make sure the numbers match up. But yeah, right now we're just having fun and, uh, I'm really enjoying the business. Yeah. So like, what are you, what are you excited most about? in the industry right now in terms of, you know, what's changing or what's, what's happening in the industry that you know, really affects your work. Yeah. The, I guess, uh, yeah. 
I'm excited for the future of whatever whatever the new technology that they end up doing is. I'm I'm good with that. But at the same time, I'm just ex- the business is going to be good for just the the current business that we have and our internal combustion engines. We're that's all going to be around for a long time. So what excites me most is uh, just continue to grow and and keep my customers and employees happy. Awesome. And, you know, before we, you know, kind of part ways, any, any advice that you would give, you know, a new or, you know, a young shop owner who's getting started or just, you know, in their first few years of business, uh, what, what tips would you like to give? You know, I, I would, one thing is really important, I think, is to put your family first. Uh, I've seen too many, too many people, or too many shop owners do it, and then they end up having problems in their marriage and their family. So put your family first. If you have to put in 12 hours a day or 14 hours a day, do it. Go in four o'clock in the morning, but be home by seven, six, so that you're home with your family every evening. And uh, besides that, the whole thing about coaching, get get a coach, uh, listen to podcasts, every podcast you can listen to, do it. Uh, read a lot of books on, on, you know, on business ownership and leadership. Those are, I guess those are my top tips. All right. Well, cool. Thank you for joining me today, Daniel. I really appreciate your time. All right, Chris. Thank you. Yep. Best wishes on continuing to grow your business. All right. Thanks a lot. And that's going to do it for us here today at Ratchet and Wrench Radio. Uh, I'd like to invite you to follow us on our social media channels on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as subscribe to our email newsletter, which goes out daily. Uh, and you can find that at ratchetandwrench.com. That's R-A-T-C-H-E-T-A-N-D-W-R-E-N-C-H.com. And may the rest of your day be the best of your day. And we'll see you next week.